Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Um, we're doing episodes 34 to 37? Yes. I guess. Mm-hmm. We Refresh literally this just time. discussed this. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to do it badly. Um, yeah, we had some some wild episodes again today. Um, I think we, I think it may have finally like slowed down. Yeah, these Is are lower just key. Me? I mean, okay. time travel aside, these are low key. <laughs> Time travel that just kind of happened. Also, mummy curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mummy <laughs> curse. Mu- uh, galactic or not galactic, <laughs> but like international, like espionage See, virus. I feel like we're making these episodes sound more interesting than <laughs> they <laughs> actually are. These are yes. yeah, kind of bad episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like these episodes, like they had the wild ideas. But the delivery is like yes. unfortunately restrained on a lot of them. Yeah, like they don't wild kids. out quite in the same way. Yeah, the first so, episode is basically like a like a history lesson for half of it, yeah, and then it's like a thriller, a Tom Clancy thriller for the second half. <laughs> but it's bad, yeah, worse yes. than Tom Clancy normally is. So uh, yeah, episode thirty-four. Uh, it starts off, and I don't even remember why they're there, but it, the cyborgs are with an archaeologist man who is studying King Tut, <laughs> and they are at King Tut's burial place, which is in a pyramid. It's a thing like sunk into the ground because it was a target of too many looters. Ooh, and, and they're um, just basically like saying all this matter of factly as if you're listening to schoolhouse rock or something like yeah, that. This is very, someone read a history book for five minutes and decided to make an episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as they're talking about it, the archeologist they're with, whose name I forget because it Herschel. doesn't matter. By the way, professor oh, Herschel, yeah. he looks like Larry David. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. I can't You're think right. of anything else because it's Professor Herschel, which is Professor Layton's name. From the Layton games. Like, I couldn't think of anything else but that now. I'm like, we're in ancient Egypt, archaeologist, Professor Herschel. And every puzzle has an answer. It's true. So they start talking about how, oh, but there's a terrible curse and everyone who's worked on or everyone who's investigated this mummy thing has gotten sick or died, including 21 people have died. Ooh, And he's like making a joke about it. And Professor Gilmore is getting more and more concerned. And he's like, oh, aren't you aren't you being a bit superstitious for a science? He's like, 21 people died, man. (laughs) 21. I feel like that's the point where concern is warranted. Yeah, that's when it's like maybe something is happening. At 21, you're just kind of like, all right, let's look around a little bit. Um, so, so something important that we didn't realize was important for a while is King Tot's body. He's holding a bouquet of flowers that are surprisingly oh, yeah. well preserved. Yeah, they're like safflowers, I think they say. Yeah, yeah. it's Egyptian safflowers. Yeah, and they, yeah, they talk real quick. They're like, oh, those flowers still have like so much red and whatever left, and like they're still so colorful. They don't look dried out. And it's like, oh, they were very well preserved. Blah blah blah. They make a big point of this because they're very obviously a MacGuffin. Yes. Um, yes. So we cut to the next scene, and all like everybody who was working on the on the t- on the King Tut stuff. Um, yeah, it should be noted that the uh, they, professor... They have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> they all have COVID. It should be noted that like Herschel was brought in. He's a medical doctor. And he's like, they say something to the effect of, like, you're not a history doctor. Why do you care about King Tut? And he's like, well, you know, for some reason, the mummy was damaged by this virus. And it's weird that it was damaged by this virus. And so I'm hired by the government to give the mummy a physical. And that's why I'm here. So, yeah, that's that. 
And then they're very confused so... later by there being a virus that hits all the expedition members. It's like, but but you know about we, the virus. We just talked about this, guys. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. They mention it in passing. Like, I don't have it in my notes because it was like such a small yeah. aside that you're just like, oh, well, I guess they're letting us know it won't be a virus because... They're all surprised, so why would they think it's a virus? No, it's a it's a virus. Um, they're all sick, and it's it's a fi- it's a virus called the Pharaoh virus, and yeah. it's uh, different than a regular virus. Yeah, it's it like comes suspended from in animation for three thousand years, but now it is back, yeah. and it wants to kill or something. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing that they're like freaking out about is they're like, normally a virus can't live in a in dead host flesh. Like that's impossible. It can't happen. And now it's. This one's been lying dormant here for thousands of years. But they also um, call it an unknown virus, but then that doesn't make any sense considering what the bad guy's plot for this virus is. Also, they know about yeah. it, so it's not really unknown. But Right? <laughs> so, they're, like, 9-3 Gilmore and probably some other folks are, like, hanging out and trying to figure out what's going on and why there's a mummy curse and all that. And I think it's three who puts together, she's just like... Oh, look at all the photos. The man who, the one man on the expedition who didn't get sick was wearing these flowers in every single photo. Damn, that's convenient. That's, that's, <laughs> like, not, that's not how it works. This that's, is such a reach. It's incredible. It is the biggest logical leap of the show so far. Like, and she's yeah. just like, that must be the answer. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, You're that's right. That's totally the answer. Oh, yeah. They fucking flowers are just amulets. For a while, they just look at photos of this dude for like half an hour. <laughs> like yep every single one it's amazing <laughs> so they're like oh i guess the flowers that king tut had and also this other guy are the cure and everyone's just like including dr gilmore yep. with no testing is like yes yep. <laughs> this is correct, correct. obviously yeah, it's, so, it's so fucked up because gilmore immediately just believes that these flowers are like the antivirus or whatever it's like i'm gonna go make a serum and he like goes and talks to some random other scientist dude and they make it how do you make a serum out of flowers like how does he have i mean even if he's the most amazing like cyborg enhancing doctor guy ever like how does he know the biology of making a serum for this ancient virus that no one knows of right <laughs> yeah so they send they send the team out to go find flowers and in a place where according to their research there should be huge fields of these flowers they've all been cut down and they run up and they're like oh no this is terrible and they go run up to a random guy and they're like sir where are all the flowers and they're like oh a bunch of men dressed in black just cut and removed all of them because they were making <laughs> people sick and they're like, man shows up yeah. to be like someone came and took these flowers that you were looking for I fucking love the image of a whole bunch of like G-men just piling out of fucking expeditions and just cutting down flowers in the middle of a field and taking them <laughs> and then like loading them into a plane and running away. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. And so after all the flowers are gone, um, we now figure out, and I can't remember who tells who, but one of the patients escaped and was using a fake name. So one of the people who was sick with the Pharaoh virus escaped. Which means he can start a pandemic, which doesn't make sense considering the way they decide to spread the pandemic. I don't know why they needed him, I guess, in the yeah, first place. How I guess he was a plant or something. Yeah, how yeah. does this virus spread? Is it like people sneeze and like, yeah, because like the fucking pharaoh isn't sneezing. It's so via like... giant bomb, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So, um, yeah, for those of you who are wondering, um, they, yes, this is a goddamn pandemic episode, motherfucker. It really, god fucking damn it, yes, it is. And 
their plan is they're going to infect everybody in Cairo with the Pharaoh virus because, of course, it had to be Cairo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the most convenient to location them. to test it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then people will, it'll always be just called the Pharaoh virus. It's perfect. Right. You gotta get that um, so they're going to, for- yeah, <laughs> they're going to do that and they're going to force them all to buy the vaccine. But the way they're releasing it does not make it look like it will be a thing that they can then be like, hello, we would charitably like to offer you a virus because they're dropping a bomb yeah. with virus. It, yeah, it so should also be mentioned that the way that this is told to us is a whole bunch of people who look evil sitting in like a dining room going like, here, here to evil. It's as not he, a bunch of people that dine room. It's like explains the whole plot. It's like a bunch of people in like a presentation theater. There's like a yes, hundred yes, of these scientists, yes. and there's this dude up at the podium. Is like, we're gonna bomb Cairo with the virus, and then make everybody buy the vaccine. We're gonna be rich, ha ha. And it's yeah. like too evil. Yeah, yeah. The guy who was like the plant goes out and just fist pumps. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's right next to the like speaker. The boss is like, to make so us rich. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. So, uh, Back on the team ship, zero zero three makes a good point that uh, like eight and nine were going to leave to go uh, get on their plane because they realize oh we can't just shoot down their plane it's full of the virus that would be just bad for all parties involved. Yep. Uh, let's land in there and three's like wait no I need to go because I can use my clairvoyant radar brain to find the virus I can hear a virus I guess. <laughs> I'm thought, the best which... a player of I spy in the well, group. See I think. Uh, the person who can stop time might actually <laughs> be more able to do this. I don't know. It's great, too, because 8 and 9 are going to go, and then 3 is like, I can see the virus. And eight's like, oh, yeah, you make a good point. And he just goes back and sits down at the cockpit. He just doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's just like, I'm all done. right, you're up. Yeah, sounds good. If you want to volunteer for this shit, yeah, go ahead. Eight's <laughs> on um, top of everyone's so, bullshit. He just doesn't give a yeah. shit anymore. <laughs> So, Nine flies the plane in, uses accelerator mode, flies in, does all sorts of crafty cool flyman stuff. Uh, Three eventually jumps off of the plane onto the other plane and just rips the door open and falls in. Uh, she knocks a couple people out. It's really whatever. I gotta mention, sequence. like, she sneaks around this plane like it's a fucking, I don't know, military industrial facility. Like, it has, like, yeah, hallways and vents and shit inside this plane. <laughs> Yeah, giant metal hallways inside of this like cargo plane. (laughs) Yeah, um, so they eventually three finds the virus and is like working on disarming it, which is a thing she knows how to do, I guess. It's a bomb. We get Doctor Strange love. Yeah, yeah, and then they just open the hatch with her still on the bomb <laughs> and like the like it's it's pretty funny like they have the bomb fall and her and she's clearly like they're just both falling helplessly like they have no well, control over the situation i whatsoever. mean you have to have nine rescuing three again yeah, she couldn't have done can. this all on her own i should no. mention when they uh when they dropped the bomb they had I guess the president of Egypt? I don't know who this dude is. The main guy. Yeah, he says he's the president, but they never specify of what. Like, he might be the president, president of the Steelworkers Union. Yeah, yeah, sure. for all yeah but he has the line, release the virus. And the other guy's like, we stand to make millions. <laughs> it's, it's so comically, stupidly evil. Oh, oh, right. And also, they are allegedly on this plane, I think. And they're in, like, a study yeah. <laughs> like it's carpeted and wallpapered and everything. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're supposed to be on the plane or not, but it's 
shot like they are. They're yeah. on the plane because later on that shows them in the cockpit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they totally are. But like they're in someone's study. <laughs> I don't think like the people who drew the backgrounds for this episode like communicated with each other at all. <laughs> Knew that they were yeah, on they, a plane. Yeah. Yeah, they just thought it was like a base. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because then there's another time too where, well... It's really baffling because they disarm it, and I can't even remember. It's just like they're falling out of the air. Nine does some piloting. They get it. The he, it, whatever he they her. hit the ground. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't matter. The bomb gets disarmed. They're all falling. It gets disarmed. They land, um, and then the rest of the cyborgs apparently found their other base where they had the flowers. Because I guess there was another base, and no, it's I guess just it was like, their main base. They just went over there yeah. in, in the background liberated it. Yeah, they showed yeah. that they showed that before they did the whole evil meeting in the study place area. Right. Right, yeah. Um and then there's no virus, they stopped it at the end. And that's kind of the episode. Like nothing really happens. No yeah, development occurs. Up. It, it just, just does not give a shit. We're done. Egypt is over. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was worried my notes were a little too brief, but I'm thinking back and like, no, that's about it. Nothing yeah. else happens. No. Yeah. yeah, like this is like the whole pandemic thing is like a decent, you know, plot arc. You could do some stuff with it. But the way this episode is done is just so lazy and so trite. And they're like, they need to wrap it up by the end of the 20 minute episode. They just don't care. So it's And they bad. spend well, half of it giving us lessons about King Tut. Yeah. yeah. That are completely irrelevant, I might add. Yeah, like, I mean, correct. for all intents bit. and purposes. The virus bomb could just be a regular bomb, and it all would the plot would be identical. It just wouldn't have fifteen minutes of King Tut on the front. Oh, like but they tied it in because at the end of it, three gives a monologue about imagine being King Tut's thirteen-year-old wife. <laughs> yeah, losing who must someone have felt that so young. alone and put flowers on his grave, and then it just ends, yeah. and it's like neat. Uh, okay, nine just casually thinking about child bride. Sure. <laughs> Uh-huh. I would like to vote this for maybe the worst episode of Cyborg Zero. I would agree with you, but episode 37 is coming up, so. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. This was even my mom. I don't know, I think, I think my vote also goes to 37. 37, I was just painful trying to get through that one, okay. Let's go the to first 35, 35, the next one. This one's also bad, but... Maybe it's the best one of these ones. Probably I don't know. the yeah. best of the bunch. Yeah. The this is this is the pyramids, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is gold. This is yeah. El Dorado. Yeah. <laughs> El Dorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, having seen that, we get a sandstorm. Uh, beginning of this one, we get to see a sandstorm. Um, there's this one guy who's dressed in expedition gear. He comes up to the other guy whose name is Sir Van Allen, and I hate this name. It's so they say it every time. They say like, it way full. too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Van Allen has like the fucking mutton chops, so you know he's serious business. Um, they said that one of the porters found the Golden Pyramid. It's El Dorado. And then they hear a voice out in the uh, distance and singing. And like the says something to the effect of like, oh, the porters think that's a superstition. The strong winds bring around singing of this woman. And it's evil. Uh, Van Allen says it's nothing. They're all too superstitious. Whatever. Uh, the We're sandstorm, men of science here. Yeah. The sandstorm stops. And they see this huge golden Incan pyramid. Um, it should be mentioned that this is the second episode in a row with a pyramid. The first ones were in Egypt. These ones are apparently in Central America. Well, yeah. It's actually like South America because this is about oh. the Incans, but it's the, the Incas? Yeah. is like Mayans. So yeah, a that's what really confused me. This is like a, a step bit of mixing one. here. This they are they say South America a bunch of times and Incans. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, person exits from outside, from the pyramid. It's this woman and she has this long gown on and she's singing. 
Uh, the porters start freaking out and run away. The exponential people start gasping and like looking at her, and then sand comes over. We get a Hulk's cut. Still here? Yeah, we get a cut to three, four, five, seven, and nine. They're outside a tent. Oh. Uh, it's also a sandstorm. Someone's doing some soliloquy. It doesn't matter. Uh, he Ooh. thanks the rest of them for coming to South America with him because apparently Seven is friends with this Van Allen dude. Uh, he gives a backstory about how they <laughs> met. It's an uh, acting troupe or something. Okay, we had a slight error here. Uh, Discord just disconnected, but no big deal. We got right back to it, fixed it. Here we go. Um, okay, so we cut to three, four, five, seven, and nine outside their tent. It's also a sandstorm. Seven is thanking them for coming to South America with him. Apparently, he is a friend of Van Allen. Um, he gives a backstory. It doesn't matter. They knew each other or something for acting. Who cares? Van Allen's rich <laughs> and also an adventurer. Yeah, yeah, like I guess he got super rich to be, he got super rich to pursue his two passions: donating to small theaters and finding El Dorado. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's how they introduced this man. <laughs> yeah, so apparently it's been a month since the expedition was heard from, so that's why Seven and crew are going around looking. Uh, three hears some spooky sounds, and it's the runes. And five says that according to legend, the, when the Spanish found the Incan runes, the thousands of Incans vanished in a single night, along with all their gold. Apparently, again, they decide to use five as the Native American who knows everything about other natives. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, people like half a world away from him. Yeah, from- it's... Look, it was the 60s. <laughs> it's- <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Except yeah. this episode's going to get a lot weirder about Incans. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, apparently, the sandstorm makes three not able to use her clairvoyance vision or whatever. So, whatever. They go out the bed. It doesn't matter. She would basically solve this whole thing in like 10 minutes if it didn't but yeah, don't worry I mean, about like it the doppler radar could just see through all that shit so yep yeah so she we all go to bed next day they're looking around uh four finds a single expedition guy and this guy is like obviously extremely hurt and he says something to the effect of uh, the princess came from the golden pyramid uh, and then dies <laughs> yeah he gets like fucking 10 seconds of screen time it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. rip um, there's some more sandstorms that get separated. Nine figures out that the wind blowing through these, like, certain set of rocks makes the weird, like, sound. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, wind chimes or, not wind chimes, but, like, stone wind chimes. It's, like, that really deep, I don't know, howling sound. It does, like, a howl. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's, like, a, it, what it is is just the wind through the rocks makes a noise. Yeah, it the only reason a, like, I mention this is because it comes up later in the plot. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the storm sandstorm stops and he spots the golden pyramid that we saw before. And the woman comes out again singing, and this time she's crying. Uh, he asks her for her name. She's Princess Ishukiki? Ishu- Ishukik. Is, Ishukik, yeah. Is, Ishukik. And don't even try to spell that because it's, it's wrong. very Incan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, some so, X's and Q's in there. <laughs> as as you do when you're Incan. You just got to have those. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cre- she starts talking and blabbing about how the creator has gave her life and she's been waiting for him to come. And he's just looking confused. <laughs> as he does. <laughs> That's Joe's natural state of That's being. That's true, yeah, yeah. Like 75% yeah. of the time he's just confused about any given thing. Uh, we cut over the three. She apparently got her powers back and she sees that Van Allen and all the other dudes are buried under some rocks that have fallen on top of them. Like, she just starts crying and they're like, are you okay? And she's like, there's like a million dead guys over there. <laughs> like, I found the bodies. Yeah, like, oh boy. Oh, sorry, I'm still not. It's been a long time, but this still overwhelms me on occasion. It's a lot. I mean, when you find all your friends dead, yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I'm not. I'm not roaster. I'm saying it's like totally valid. Yeah. Still, to just like, oh, I found an entire search party gone. <laughs> Especially when they're crushed by rocks. I mean, yep. I feel that's yeah. insult to injury. Probably worse. 
We cut back to nine. Ishikik is saying that uh, she was left alone by her masters years ago and everybody's gone now and she's so lonely, but the rocks made a nice melody for her. <laughs> she and- keeps like talking about her creators and masters and Joe doesn't really catch on to any of this. No. Hmm. He's going to be really surprised in about 10 minutes. <laughs> As he always is. Uh, she says that she wants to leave and she starts crying. She's like, please take me with me. And she gets like super clingy about it. Um, and she's like, I'll go crazy if I don't leave with you. This is uh, my last chance ever. Yeah. We cut back to seven. Uh, he's giving last right to all the corpses. I guess they bury everyone. And then he starts crying. Apparently he was very close and emotional over this. Uh, four asks where nine is because no one's seen him in a while. <laughs> no and, one noticed he was gone though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, D- do they know that nine's missing? And then four suddenly turns like, hey, where's nine? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to nine. Uh, Ishikik is singing. He looks kind of bored here, which is funny. But there's like, <laughs> yeah. there's huge footsteps coming, and like apparently she says it's the Krakabon or the the Cobbercon. Yeah, all these words, man. Uh, and so she's like, you got to go hide behind the rocks. And like, we see out of like the sandstorm, this like giant, it's a robot torso, but like it's yes. huge and it's coming over the ridge and she's like, I'll go deal with it. And the sandstorm comes more and then they're both gone along with the pyramid and nine is very confused. Uh, we cut back to the five of them at camp. Um, four is completely incredulous of nine story. Uh, seven is extremely angry that his friend's dead. And apparently this woman is to blame. Um, four thinks or something. That- yeah, four thinks that Ishikik is maybe responsible, and Nine immediately starts defending her. She's like, of course she couldn't do this. They also, like, bring up three or four times the myth of the Lorelei. Like, yeah, that she's a siren, basically, and she's luring all these men to their deaths. It never actually pays off. No, I mean, you're right, it like, doesn't. The thing is, she is, but, like, not on purpose. True. <laughs> it's, like, accidental. Like, she doesn't mean that she's just like, God, I'm lonely, please come over here. And then a giant robot shows up and kills everyone. <laughs> is that Which acceptable is... in a court of law? <laughs> like, is, she, is this involuntary manslaughter? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, like, if you are aware that if someone comes onto your property, a turbo murder robot will kill them all, and you don't warn them in advance, is that? Yeah. Are you like liable? That's probably prosecutable. Well, I think yeah. it is. Is, right, if something probably. happens on your on your land because you didn't, I know, stop your giant murder plot, you're probably responsible for that. Yeah. So four sound four says something effective like nine. You're captivated. You you love this lovely woman or something. And nine, of course, denies it. No. Yeah. Three is scared to meet the princess. Uh, so the next day they're looking around. They find the wind sculpture. Uh, they don't see anything. So five starts walking off. Uh, four says that nine and the expedition may have seen the same golden pyramid or something. And therefore it's not supernatural or something. You just uh, yeah. saw the same mirage. Four's I'm not sure to, I follow. He's trying to like explain or rationalize what's happening. And I don't know. Yeah. Seven is still pissed that everybody's dead. Um, five spots, a huge footprint and everybody's like, Oh, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, the sandstorm shows up again. And three of course can't see anything. Cause her vision is useless. Yep. They turn around and see the golden pyramid. Um, Four thinks that the wind has something to do with the illusion, and they start heading towards it. Uh, Ishii kicks, shows up. She starts singing again. Uh, Four is like, oh, she's trying to lure us with her song. And Nine is just, like, immediately enthralled by this. And it's really funny because, like, <laughs> no one has really shown any actual, like, 
enthrallment up to this point. Mm-hmm. It's just been like she's a very attractive woman singing in front of a golden pyramid, and they all want the gold. <laughs> and yeah. So like they just go for. It. But no, this time it's. I like to think that she has no magic enchanting powers or anything, and Nine's just an idiot. Nine I mean, just looks because. like that yes, to other Nine people. Is, yeah. To be mm-hmm. fair, she was wearing a V-cut dress, so, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got the mega cleavage, yes. Yeah. Um, so he gets held back, and then Seven approaches her, and, like, he's really pissed off. I mean, the man's to know what happened to Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Issue kicks says this thing of like hots for singer now. Issue uh, <laughs> kicks was saying that they were invaders that were going to steal the gold, and Seven says that's lies. Then Van Halen would never do that, uh, and pulls the gun on her. Um, nine steps in front, they stop him. It doesn't matter. So we get a flashback to see what actually happened. Um, this they show up in front of the pyramid after the sandstorm revealed it, and like she was like, "Oh, cool, new people are going to come up and say hi to me." But the expedition immediately just started punching each other. And the, 3, like, the gold tons mine. of gold. Yeah, this pyramid is fucking huge. They could not carry out all the gold on their backs, and they were still beating each other up over it. Right. <laughs> they immediately started killing each other the second they saw this much gold on the table. Despite the fact that from the beginning, the whole plan of the group is we're gonna find a huge amount of gold, right? And then we're, <laughs> the st- work as a team. Like, yeah, like it's it, it's like. They're acting like it was some unforeseen thing that drove them mad. And it's like, no, this is what they wanted. This, this was <laughs> like, the stated goal. Yeah. Typing into Google, how can I fence 50,000 tons of gold? Um, <laughs> yeah, back in the present, four says that the gold gold can drive men mad. And ask, yeah. <laughs> he has so many great lines in this episode. <laughs> I feel that sometimes four knows how much bullshit he's in on. And yeah. just kind of has fun yes. with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he asks if the pyramid can only be seen while the wind is around, and Ishikik says that, like, the creator has tried to keep her and the pyramid hidden and forever until they return, but she didn't want to be lonely, so she asked for some time, you know, when people could see the pyramid in her, and so when the wind is not there, that's when that happens. Right, if, if, when the wind goes through the rocks, she oh, yeah, can actually talk to people. Yeah. And the thing is, over the thousands and thousands of years or whatever, uh, the wind has worn down the rocks, and it's becoming less and less frequent that, you know... It works, yeah. She can do the dimension thing. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, three immediately says someone's coming. It's the big robot Cabricant, whatever. The big robot guy comes up. Um, (laughs) He's there to protect the pyramids and immediately starts shooting at them with his laser eyes. He has laser eyes! Yeah, why would he not have laser eyes? It makes sense. Yeah. Like, very destructive laser eyes, too. Like, not like piercing lasers, like Kamehameha lasers. Yeah, (laughs) like blasting lasers. Yeah. Yeah, so we see a flashback of the expedition cowering from the big robot and then eventually getting blown up. And and she's like, I'm try- I tried to stop them from killing them, but he just that's just what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just Capricorn. They fight for a bit. Uh, Nine eventually uses his super speed power and blows up his head. It falls onto the ground. Three has a great line. She says, thanks to Nine's bravery, visitors will never have to experience the wrath of Capricorn again. So she thinks like <laughs> this is going to become like a fucking visitors thing. Like not right. going to pillage the gold. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Ishikik pleads, starts pleading again. He's like, please take me with you. I don't want to be in this stupid gold pyramid anymore. Um, she, he start, Nine starts walking towards her, and Three is getting real jealous and starts telling him to stop, and he pulls a gun, and everybody says, like, get out of the way, but the Cabricon thing shows back up again. 
There's a great line. And then, yeah, uh, <laughs> Cyborg009 gets hit. He gets counter hit out of the startup of turning on Accelerator. What an <laughs> idiot. It's like it's like a one frame move. He just clicks his tooth. He's like, click done. But no, he manages to get hit out of it because yeah. he has to say Accelerator mode before he does it. So, yeah, he says Accelerator and gets like punched in the gut. It's got a three frame startup and he fucking showed up with the meaty. So, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know fighting games has got no idea what I just said. But um, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so he gets punched out. Uh, Four eventually does blow it up. He shoots a rocket into its neck and blows it up. Um, it has hand lasers or something. It doesn't matter. It blows up the wind sculpture. That's the big thing during this whole fight scene. Right. Also, importantly, uh, Joe's about to get shot and Ishikik takes oh, a yeah. fucking bullet for him. Yeah, so she takes the bullet for him, and then uh, Nine notices that she's also a robot, and then he and also knows. He's so confused. He's so confused. She's a robot, and it's like, yeah, she's talked about how she's had creators this entire time, my and dude. And she's been you're here a for robot. You. Like she's been here for eons. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with this point a giant you robot know. that shot lasers. Like, how can you be surprised <laughs> after the first robot? Yeah, like, I feel at this point if something is unexplainable, just assume it's a robot. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, I also forgot that during this fight scene, uh, five fastball specials for which yep, is kind yep. of funny. Just tosses him straight up, and that gives him a shot to yeah. missile it in the neck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the big deal is that uh, issue kick. Uh, she has like a wound on her like shoulder or something, but like it closes itself, like it auto repairs itself. She has regenerative powers too, yeah. which is actually kind of fucked up. Yeah. yeah, it gets fucked up here in a second. So, like, she asks him to say, and he's like, he, he says something to the effect like, I won't leave. But as he's holding her, like, she disappears along with the Golden Pyramid. And four, or sorry, seven says, like, he's mad that, like, of all of her talk of being lonely, like, she was just a robot like the rest of us. And Nine gets, like, super mad about this and says, that, like, the creators were keeping her prisoner here. She's a machine, but she's still out of heart. And five's like, like, oh, shit, the rocks are destroyed. She won't be able to come back again. Um, yeah, and... Also, nine like he goes on this whole thing of like she had to deal with the the hot parts of the weather and also the cold parts, and that means she has a heart. Damn it! Like she had to <laughs> right. suffer through yeah, he the really heat of the that. desert and also the cold of the desert, and that means she has feelings. Damn it! He <laughs> had what? a super crush on this robot lady. He yeah, had mega hot girl syndrome. So I mean, he literally did kind of walk forward like <laughs> at one point. So I mean, yeah. it was a low cut dress tie. It's <laughs> very low cut. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So the final thing of this episode, it drops like three like philosophical questions and leaves them, and it's really confusing. <laughs> so like, first five wonders if the creators were Incan, because I mean, like it's all Incan stuff. And of course, that's something to the effect of like many ancient civilizations had advanced tech that no one knows how that worked. And so that like, we can't explain to this day. Citation needed. Yeah. And, and also the the famous Incan robot tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Straight up like ancient aliens, this bullshit to try to explain yes. it. Um, and then the other thing is nine says like, oh, yeah, dude, this is kind of fucked up. Like she, her skin repaired. So she's denied even death. She'll never get to see anyone ever again. Just it's, living with the pyramid of gold. It's a really weird line. It's like she doesn't get, like, being able to turn to dust. I yeah, don't think that's the way he says it. It's so weird. She's even been denied the ability to turn into dust. Yeah, so, like, when she disappeared out of Nine's arms, it looked like she turned to dust, but, like, it's kind of just assumed that she, like, I don't know, teleported or something. She warped back to wherever, the, like, the Inca space that they the put her in. The dimension they yeah. put her in, yeah. 
So also, I, they're like, maybe, you know, they said all the Incans disappeared overnight. Maybe they went there, too. This this episode's so stupid. <laughs> it's it's yeah. too wild. It, and the thing is, too, is much like the last episode, at this point, now that the dimension door has closed and the key is broken, they're just like, I guess that's all. Yep. And they just walk away. Like, that's ah, all, I, guess, I guess we're done here. Well, that takes yeah. care of that. I wonder if those like kids from the other dimension are going to run into that lady from the other dimension. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they did have like a Nazca line uh, spaceship. I mean, if Shout we're going to use all of our entire archaeology shit. team that got killed, by the way, that has no, nothing happened for them. They just yep. died. They got the a end. proper burial, I guess. Uh, under some rocks, yeah. <laughs> They're archaeology rocks. now. It's what they would have wanted. <laughs> God, that's probably uh, the least stupid episode out of this episode. Again, I, I agree. Because, like, this episode goes a mile a minute. I'm not sure what actually happened, though. <laughs> so, yeah. so, episode 36 is Ice Age starring Ray Romano. <laughs> Ignoring every single law of thorough dynamics. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my so god, yeah. We open on shots of an ice over mountain with like a frozen waterfall and there's like trees that still have their leaves that are all frozen over. It's clearly kind of fucked up. Um, we see two kids walking around on a bridge talking about how there's a giant white snake that lives around here. Oh, but that's just a myth. That can't be real. Um, we get the line, awesome, it's like a glacier, but it's almost summertime. Just to, <laughs> just to make sure you know that this, whatever's going you on know, here ain't right. normal thing kids would say. <laughs> you don't get glaciers in the summertime time. Everyone knows that. <laughs> so the kids walk up to this creepy ice, ice cave and, oh look, it's the giant white snake that they were just talking about. How convenient. They need to come Me- back from the opposite area so they can drop onto its eye and stab it. Right. Yes, That's absolutely. the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile in Tokyo, we have a massive drought and heat wave going on. There's shots of water being rationed, people standing in giant lines for everything. Uh, we cut back to the ice and there's a group of meteorologists saying that a new glacier has suddenly formed in the mountains above Tokyo, which... Is that good? Does <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo get its water from, like, river runoffs or from, like, aquifers or... <laughs> kind of curious. I'm not like, sure. Melting glaciers doesn't seem like the geology around there. <laughs> I'm also like, if you want some water, just get some picks. you got mm. ice. There, there's a lot of ice around now. Just take it down to Tokyo, but right? don't worry about it. What if it um, snowed in Tokyo? <laughs> The meteorologists suddenly get attacked by these giant mandibles out of the ice, and then that scene just ends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we cut to Six, Nine, and Gilbert, who are our main cyborgs for the episode, talking about how this is some fucking weird... How about this fucking weather, dude? Um, I gotta got say, immediately, that broke me out of my suspension of disbelief, is they let Six drive the car again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> After mm-hmm. they talked up how bad his driving was, he's driving this fucking... It looks like the car from fucking... Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like that red yes. one. <laughs> yes. It really does. <laughs> so Six is saying that because of this weird weather, he can't get mushrooms for his soup. And he spends the entire episode talking about how his restaurant is going to go under if he can't get this uh, mushroom soup. 
Um, guess it's the only thing he sells. Yeah, I guess Thin so. Margins. Thin <laughs> margins, man. The restaurant <laughs> business is brutal. <laughs> it's true. Can he not just use like shiitake or button mushrooms? Like, does he uh, have no. these like fucking ass truffles up in the no, mouth? No, Tokyo Mountain shrooms. <laughs> He's an artist too. That's the thing. Like, it's not just a restaurant to him. <laughs> it's yeah. like a Bob's Burgers situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the cyborgs are met from the kids by the kids from the start of the episode who are panicking about a giant snake, predictably. Um, they take the kids to their dad, whose name is Mr. Miyagi, I guess. <laughs> um, and he's also Six's mushroom dealer. The <laughs> legal mushroom dealer, we should say. Right, right. <laughs> yes, yes. Actual mushrooms. As Soup far mushrooms. as we know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just oh, thinking, maybe, maybe that's why he needs these mushrooms for his soup. Right, right. As, as an aside, which of the cyborg casts would be most likely to do mushrooms? Six and four. seven. I would four, say but four, but a long yeah. time ago. And seven. True. Yeah, seven. I was going to say four, not anymore, but maybe one more time for old times. sake. He <laughs> like, he seems like yeah. that kind of guy. Then he'd be like, all right, I'll do it with it. I'll, I'll see how these mushrooms are these days. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we know that two is extremely on math, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so the other kid's dad shows up in a big evil silhouette and yes. takes the kid oh away. God. Yeah, so. he shows up, and it's like, a, it's only a few frames, but he shows up all, and it's all black first. It's I like, love that mm. second one, this dude is on screen. <laughs> yes. Evil <laughs> you know where this is going. Um, so we cut to the cyborgs driving with the mushroom dealer who's saying that this whole Ice Age thing is a pretty big problem, turns out. When you get five feet of snow on your lawn, it, it causes issues. Yeah, it's just like everybody in the village just left. Like they could just get up and leave 7,000 miles away or whatever. Something like that. And he says it's all because of the curse of the giant snake. Um, we also get the exposition that the other dad there was Sako Kanji, a famous artist from Tokyo who moved up to the mountains to help his art career. And he's also really derisive of this dude. I was getting some shining vibes from this dude. Yeah, it, it, there was definitely that like small town suspiciousness of this big city slicker guy. But given how it all plays out, it's probably actually kind of warranted. Is so. there an upstate Maine, Japan? <laughs> probably. Um, so they come out to the valley where the kids were at the start. And the mushroom dealer is like, well, it's not like I'm scared of being eaten by a snake or everything. But uh, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. It's a giant snake there. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Six says to Gilmore, who is like, you know, visibly panting, that you really shouldn't come along. You're you're getting old, and you're not a cyborg like the rest of us. But Gilmore's suddenly like, "Fuck you." Yeah, he's also in like a suit, and he's like climbing the side of a glacier. Which yeah, he's he's not really prepared for winter weather <laughs> yeah. at all here. Oh man, is he wearing like polished shoes and all? <laughs> Yes, there's even a scene later. of him, yes, yeah, he's all his ass. <laughs> shitty shoes. Um, and basically, like, we spend the next two or so minutes of six being like, Gilmore, you fucking suck. You're just going to hold us back here, dude. <laughs> um, at which point Gilmore sneezes, slips on the ice, and suddenly, like, the whole ice, cell- ice shelf collapses around them. Um, Nine saves Gilmore from being crushed by the falling ice. But in the shadows, he sees, like, a giant horned thing that he can't really make out. It's honestly uh, the same fucking shadow that was in last episode. Like, yeah. Yeah, close Except enough. it's got big horns. That's It's got big, big horns instead of the Mayan headdress. It's the same yes. fucking... 
Fucking Black Ghost makes the same robot, and they just put different heads on the top and sell them like Funko yes. Pops. <laughs> yeah. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> it is exactly like that. I mean, cuts costs, right? It does. I mean, you got the same chassis. You just got to right, change right. the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, the professor is mostly okay, but he's got like a small cut on his kneecap, I guess. Um, it's like the smallest cut. He's fucking baby. Yeah. Suddenly, uh, the artist, Sako, is on the shelf and he's like, my car is parked nearby. I can help get the professor some first aid. At which point it's like, hmm? You All sure, right. buddy? All right. Um, Nine says he saw some huge thing in the smoke, in the like dust from the avalanche. But Sako's like, oh, it's just your own shadow. He, he says some term that you he can probably on Wikipedia. He makes some babble about how like the shadows reflect off the ice and it's common in these parts to see your own shadow. and But huge <laughs> and also horned. <laughs> um, so we're back at Sako's house where Six is admiring the paintings because he is a very famous painter. Uh, Sako starts soliloquizing about how the world is full of wonders, some of which should be touched, and some which man should never touch. And also, don't check out that ice cave, by the way. <laughs> don't, Please don't go stay the away <laughs> from the ice cave. Thank you. <laughs> There's a giant snake in there. Don't go in. But that's a myth. But don't go in the ice cave. For real, it, The snake is not real, but if it was real, which it is and also isn't, don't go in there. Don't go in <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So Sako gets a call from the from the kid's aunt, uh, and the cyborgs start having a chat with the kids so that he can fill them in on exposition. Um, the kid says the aunt wants them to move back home because money issues, yada yada. It's also a cute dog. Yes, there is a cute dog. This will be important, I think. No. No. <laughs> um, Gilmore then is like, well, I hope he doesn't mind if I steal his snow boots to well, go check out the cave he no, told us I, not I to see. No, I think the kid offers his dad Oh, you're boots. totally right. Yeah, he's Yeah, like, Gilmore's like, can I get some snow boots? And the kid's like, yeah, you can use my dad. My dad has a pair. Um, and Sako then puts the phone down and immediately gets another call where he's like, oh, not that. And then it cuts away from it. You keep saying, as I saw, you keep saying Sokka. And I'm just thinking of WWE No Mercy for the N64. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for like three people. Sorry. Eddie, keep going. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so back in the cave, finally, the Forbidden Cave, uh, the cyborgs see some footprints going in. And as they walk to, like, follow the footprints, the camera does a shock pan down that it's the same footprints as Gilmore's, as the boots that he's wearing. I can't believe Gilmore's time traveling. (laughs) That's next episode. (laughs) So we get deeper in the cave and the snake starts following them. Um, back outside, we get a shot of Sako standing in front of a limo that is, like, it's not on a road or anything. It's just in the middle of this forest. It's so fucked up. I won't do this. I I won't do it. It throws, like, a bundle of money out the window at him, pulls a gun out, and starts shooting at his dog, (laughs) and then drives off. It should also be noted that the artist guy is carrying, like, a seven-foot-long pelican case. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that it's just art supplies in there. It's his yeah. <laughs> Um, So cut back to the cave. They find a giant machine with a ton of holes and tubes in it, which Gilmore immediately recognizes as, as the cooling device that's causing this ice age. Okay, I got some questions about this. Mm. When you have a cooling device 
generally the laws of thermodynamics state that you have to generate more heat in a, in a closed system than mm-hmm. is expected. So if it's mm-hmm. freezing this ice all around them, where the fuck is it dumping its waste heat? The Earth's uh, core. Into the robots to power them. Oh, yeah. shit. Yes. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe the robots clean. are powered by Sterling engine technology, which means that they are <laughs> it's clean. green. Yeah. It's green robots. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, so the how, thing is, how is everyone, the cooling machine being powered? Everyone forgets about... <laughs> shut up. Everyone forgets about... Like, <laughs> look, no. It just... Bitcoin just makes money. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the world's biggest where Bitcoin Where is the where Black Ghost is just mining Bitcoins and using <laughs> So at this point, Gilmore also says that Black Ghost used to have a bunch of these. Like, I've seen these before. Black Ghost used to have them. <laughs> um, but also, they can't just shoot it like they normally would because it'll cause a massive flood when the glacier just melts instantaneously. Yeah, Six wants to beat it up immediately, but Gilmore tells him to stop because that'd be t- catastrophic. We also get a big visualization of Tokyo being crushed by a tsunami from, I guess, the glacier melt-off. So rip Tokyo. Um, Six makes a joke about his restaurant. Gilmore wants to slowly drop the temperature, but he can't find the control panel. And he apparently knows these machines well enough that he's like, it should be right here. This is the this is where he puts the control panel on. Uh, I mean, things. he was a black ghost scientist for a long time. Maybe he worked on those for a couple of years. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is the third generation one that connects via Bluetooth. So Right, oh, right. God damn it. They got rid of the headphone jack, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the snake shows up. We get a zoom in on its eye, and oh, look, it's a robot, as usual. It's always a robot. It's I don't know why robot. Nine is ever shocked by any of this. Exactly. It's always a At robot. At this point, you should just assume, one, it's Black Ghost, two, it's a robot. That would solve so point, many problems. It opens its mouth up and starts shooting missiles at them. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> funny. Because of course it does. That's what snakes do. Yeah. So three shoots fire breath at it, and it turns out it's a giant metal snake be- because it's a robot. We knew that already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we get a bunch of flying shots with it shooting missiles, then sudden, then Nine decides to win the fight, and turns its missiles at it, and blows it the fuck up. Yeah, it slows- Does it in the most laissez-faire way possible. Like, stops time, scoops up the missiles that are, have already been fired, and, like, puts them under his arm like he's carrying around books, <laughs> yeah. and then just, like, lets them all go back, pointed at the robot. Like, it's the laziest time stop counter missile i love it it was so, so good thing, even like, he's bored at this point yeah they've talked about in the past how he can't pick up normal humans in his we fighting mode because he'll crush them like he moves too fast missiles by nature a missile's aren't, a solid body it's a solid body but it's not like the most robust thing you could still <laughs> i don't know meant to explode yeah you kind of like if you hit the side of it it's gonna rupture so Look, we're gonna have to not worry about it <laughs> I, Correct. Okay. You're right. <laughs> He's practiced. Thinking too hard. He practiced with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gentle touch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the snake's eyes go red, and suddenly the machine shifts from cold to hot. So I guess this is where all the heat went. <laughs> she switched oh. from suck to blow. <laughs> Basically, yes. They rush out of the cave as all of the ice has already melted at this point. A giant wall of water comes down, but Nine pulls them out onto the top of it, being like, this whole ice shelf is collapsing. Oh, no. I don't think they've ever actually seen a lot of ice melt. Do you know how hard it is to get a solid block of ice to melt? 
Especially well, when the it's machine is backwards. One. But Serene, <laughs> the freezing machine that froze it all instantly was turned backwards, which oh, yeah, would mean sorry. it would unfreeze it all instantly. instantly. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, it's yeah, little yeah, yeah. in Tokyo, which is really hot. So true. Um, <laughs> however, while they're talking about this imminent crisis on Tokyo. Uh, we cut to Sako outside in a ski mask with a sniper rifle trained on them. <laughs> Not any sniper rifle. It's a laser sniper rifle. True. <laughs> My bad. Um, Nine sees the glint of his sights and accelerates it away from him. He, he basically plays slapsies with this rifle on him. <laughs> um, the kid shows up and goes, Dad, why are you trying to commit murder with a high-powered rifle? Yeah. Why did you do it? <laughs> this dude is trying to snipe from, like, a cliffside against these cyborgs. And after Nine slaps the rifle out, the fucking kid shows up and is like, Dad, please, don't do this. You're a better dad than that. <laughs> um, so, so suddenly the da- the flood starts for realsies. And a whole bunch of villagers are just like, oh shit, we gotta get away. The, I actually the took the quote here. There's a giant wall of water coming straight at this village. And one of the villagers says, quote, we'll all be drowned. We must run for our lives now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. Very um, uh, tell, don't show. <laughs> yes. Um, Gilmore goes, there's no way we could stop it now. If only we could, if only we found the controls for the machine. And then Sako's like, ah, fuck. He makes a run for this shrine that I don't think has showed up in the episode before now. No. Like, no, it didn't. At all. Um, and suddenly the giant, like, mandible robots finally show up in the episode that have been alluded to for so long. Um, nine and six fight the robots they get a whole thing doesn't, doesn't really matter, matter. yeah Sako uh gets into the shrine and like a panel with a single red button rises up from the floor which he fucking hammers and the water like the wall of water that was flooding towards this village freezes instantly and- I got, like mid-torrent like to be clear like yeah. it freezes like as if you pause as if you were like spilling a glass of water on video and you pause the video yeah. like yeah. that's how hard it freezes yeah instantaneously <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta give it up to the black ghost contractor team because like not only did they make this like super cooling device in the mountains but like they put this nice button in the middle of the shrine they didn't have to touch it up that well that's ux right there yeah <laughs> um so like that said there is still a giant frozen wall of water right next to this village <laughs> It never gets brought up no. again. The problem is solved. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the pro- and the problem of there being a gigantic glacier is now replaced with the problem of there's a gigantic glacier about a half mile down the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> Do they tell the government here? How does this work? Like, assuming they're going to make it melt slowly, like, they still have to tell someone, hey, there's going to be an ice melt here. No one cares about this? No one looks no. to investigate? Black Ghost did it. It's fine. Mm. Um, so Sako said that he was basically being paid to not let anyone near the machine, but he never asked what it did or who his uh, employees were. He was a struggling artist and he needed the money. So he, he's, she just has this speech about how he's ashamed of his very ra- vague crimes. He's ashamed of his words and deeds. Yes, exactly. Um, and, but his son hugs him uh, and... He Sako then says, but I'm sending you off to live with your aunt because I'm definitely about to be arrested. <laughs> we cut to the highway again. <laughs> we cut to the highway again where Six Nine and Gilmore are talking, like just on the roadside, 
with a bunch of cop cars and a fire truck driving by them to presumably go arrest him. And you say a bunch. It was a fire truck and two cop cars. Yes. All right. <laughs> the entire local force in this podo town. <laughs> Um, oh, and then we get the best quote that we've had this whole set, which yes. is, yes. so Black Ghost wasn't destroyed after all. We know! We know! <laughs> yeah, Gilmore! We that, like, Gilmore! Ten episodes ago. <laughs> Gilmore! Gilmore! One told you in the clip show at the end of season one. <laughs> ten episodes ago at this point. The baby who is literally a plot device told you this. <laughs> And, like, five of the last episodes have been about how Black Ghost totally did this. Right? Wait, but Black Ghost might have been behind this. (laughs) Wait a minute. I just came up with something. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like, they... I guess it's just like until they they're like babies. Until they see him, they lack object permanence of Black Ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Where did Black Ghost go? (laughs) And then they're like... This is like nothing we've ever seen before. Unlike, let me see, the dinosaurs, the island of Dr. Moreau, um, the dog, the, the pyrokinetic time, dog. How, how about the time they did natu- natural disasters in Tokyo? Like they yeah. already did natural disasters did in Japan. Yeah. The two yeah. electricity like, boys, maybe? No. The <laughs> island of Nothing big we've things? ever seen before. <laughs> um, <laughs> then Gilmore says this might be the beginning of a battle bigger than any before. So I guess it's time for us to get back to the plot now. Except we don't. Yeah. Except we super don't. Yeah, yeah we're, we're hey, on everybody. episode 37. Psych, not plot. Congratulations. If you guessed that nothing of any plot relevance would happen during these four episodes, you you got it. Because this episode, this episode intentionally deletes itself. Go ahead. Yes. Please go ahead. This oh is amazing. God, this All right. Episode. I... <laughs> Don't remember what this episode was called. I think it's like the Star Festival or something. Yeah. But, um. Sure. We open up and we're like flitting through a forest. It's like, it's like they're basically on a train going past a forest. And you just hear the voice of this little girl saying, You have to come. Promise me you'll, you'll come see me. All right. We cut to seven, uh, typing on a typewriter. Uh, one floats out the door. So <laughs> yeah. just, like, the shot is hilarious. The one good part of this episode is one just in his baby bond just flies past Seven out the door. He just doesn't care. Yeah. And Seven is just doing a bit at the typewriter as he always does where he reads through famous starting lines and it's like, eh, too derivative. What about it was a dark and stormy night? Nope, damn it. Mm. <laughs> like That's that guy, yeah. line. But uh, yeah, three and one, and Gilmore outside talking about a star festival. Three made decorations that we never saw. It, it's fine. It sort of ties into the end of the episode, I guess. Yeah, it's but like a ish. bamboo tree or something that has like ribbons yeah. on it. And like seven talks about having writer's block. Uh, Gilmore's wearing a very hideous Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the star festival is—I uh, didn't get the whole story. It was apparently about a princess, and a prince with a forbidden love. Could only be reunited on like the specific night of like a, a starry night, and that's what the festival is based on. And you'd think the episode would be about this, but not. No, it's no. not really about like, that. It it kind of twists it. Yeah, but then Gilmore starts talking about oh, it's this beautiful love story, this Japanese love story, being a Japanophile, and 
Six is like, how dare you? It was actually a Chinese story that was adapted, and not everything that's good came from Japan, Gilmore. <laughs> Which I do like this little aside that the cyborg building scientist is a tremendous weeb. And clearly, like, a Japanophile. Yeah. There's this great what? awkward silence after all this, where everyone's just like... All right. All right. And We're then... all pretty tired of it, Gilmore. Thanks, Six. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saying something. Yeah. So there's apparently for... going to be... Uh, um, no, no. Uh, yeah, there's probably going to be a meteor shower that night. Three's like, oh, that's so romantic. Where's Nine? He's off somewhere else. And apparently Nine didn't bother telling them where he was going? Yeah. Again. Yeah. As usual. He just was like, I got to go do something. I got to go take a shit and then left. <laughs> I need to return some he, videotapes. I think maybe he didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why the American Psycho guy is so bad. <laughs> I don't know, like, he kind of has a Bateman vibe to yeah, him. He does, to a oh, certain God, extent. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got that blank thousand-yard stare on occasion that could definitely yeah. uh, snap into a Bateman. So after this, the episode actually starts. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. five minutes just don't matter nothing, at all. Nothing matters, yeah. Yeah, something nine's on a train, and like there's like some banter between six and seven as narration over this train journey for some reason. Yeah, they're doing it's the old re- married couple thing. Yep. It's really weird. But then nine gets off the train uh, with his bag and a beer can, and he... He recycles that beer can. It's very responsible of him. And then he talks about how he just got off the station randomly. Like he was. He, he was I didn't know why I was on that train or why I got off it. It it should be noted that like the train, like from the way it's portrayed, it looks like he's in this middle of nowhere Japanese town, like in the middle yeah. of like the summer, and there's no one around. So. Yep. Yeah, there's like no one, and he's like, ah, it just felt right. It felt right to get off at this train station and, and then he's accosted <laughs> he is he he meets a uh, a creepy young girl she has the the eyes that all the women do they- there's this bug eye that every like creepy woman it, in the yeah. show has it's the yeah the egyptian princess from the or the i'm sorry the incan, incan i guess princess. maybe yes. princess uh, maybe like them. Kind of- four has yeah. them yeah it's the bug eyes yeah, yeah by the way um, i hate this girl Yes. She is the worst. <laughs> she's awful. Yes. Oh, she yes, she's sucks terrible. the worst. She's yeah. terrible. Uh, she starts acting like she knows him, and he's like, oh, you, I don't know you. And she's like, I knew you since you were knee-high to a grasshopper. And, and he's like, like, oh, children, that isn't weird. Uh, so he starts walking away, and she follows him, and then stops in front of him, and is like, you can't cross the bridge without a toll. And he's like, ah, children. <laughs> He's like, she's like, hang out with me, and he's like, oh, this is cute. You want to be friends with me, and yeah, uh, and then like, she's being annoying in the way that that yeah. like seven or eight year olds can. Yeah, yeah. She's like, don't call me a little kid, and he's like, you are literally yeah, a kid. Line is, sorry. sorry, but you are, and I'm like, you sure got her in there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. She starts saying that she's been followed by two men in black. So now he's like, well. Go, go home then. Go be safe. But then she starts, like, emotionally blackmailing him. Like, oh, but my home is so far away. What if I get lost and those men find me and kidnap me? And, oh, maybe a big, strong man should walk me home. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay, so where do you live then? And he's like, oh, over there across that mountain. And she points in the background like a fucking 500 miles away. <laughs> Yep. And then and then he's like, well, oh, wow, why, you're pretty far from home. And then she's like, 
That's not really my home, but if if I told you it was my home, would you agree to go with me? I promised that I would go there and bring you with me. We gotta uh? go. There. So like he's at this point, you know, you cut and run, right? This this is a creepy <laughs> little girl. You're like, you nope out of this and get out of there. Nine nine's not too smart. Uh she introduced herself finally. This girl is called Alice. Sure. Uh and I was like, that's not your real name, is it? And she's like, but I like being called Alice. <laughs> Creepy child. I don't know if that's what's like, okay, you're Alice, fine. No qual- no qualms <laughs> with me. I got it. <laughs> Fair enough. She knows his name is Joe, and he's like, oh, that's strange, but he's not even a little bit suspicious about this. Uh, so I know your whole name and your history, and I say I've known you forever, but that's not... That's... And I'm asking you to come with me alone to a very far away secluded location. You have, Your back has been targeted for destruction by unknown assailants. <laughs> Just kidding, it's Black Ghost. It's yeah, always Black it's Ghost. it's always Black yeah. Ghost. Um, so he's like, how, how do you know all this? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. Um, but then she gets like scared. She something. sees the G-men in yeah. a rice paddy. Yeah. And when nine looks, they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then nine decides to get her some, uh, delicious kingdom heart sea salt ice cream. <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> it's that blue ice cream on a stick. Uh, and this is really awkward, stilted can, can conversation. Can I for a second read my line for this scene? Yes. Please my do. line in my notes, uh, 1032. They get ice cream. She wants to be his girlfriend. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. My, I'm just saying this because, yeah, she asked her his girlfriend. He's like, um, um, no. And then she's like, I'll be your girlfriend. And I wrote, I want off this hell ride, please. There's a five <laughs> second pause between all of their lines in this too. Yeah. Just ridiculously awkward silence. It's, it's, and then it doesn't go anywhere because the scene just disappears. Yep. And now they're on a bridge in a park and she like, I don't know, magic's out a camera and it's like a proper, um, like proper, uh, like camera. Like a Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big, big guy. Yeah. Like the one, the kind of one you would get in 2001 when the show came out, if you had a camera and it's like, where was she hiding that? But she takes his picture, and then her hat gets caught in the wind and goes in the river and floats down. Nine, instead of just being like, well, it's gone now. Uh, get you a new one, I guess. Jumps in the river, gets the hat back, but then, oh no, Alice is being attacked by the Blues Brothers. I want to mention that he walks into the river with his shoes on, and he does this twice in this episode. Yep. He does not have any... That's the worst feeling, the squishy toes. In the, Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. No absolutely. respect for those loafers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nine jumps up and, and scares them off. He, like, kind of lightly taps one of the guys who then falls spine. off the bridge yeah. and breaks his spine because the water was, like, nine inches deep. Uh, he asks Alice, who are they? What do they want? And Alice says, I don't know who they are, but they stopped me from jumping. And then she starts clarifying, like, jumping. And she starts clarifying, she means time jumping. She's quantum leap. Yeah. That's the plot of this episode. She's a time traveler. Nine's like, what? I want to know more. And Alice, don't worry about it. Yeah, he immediately Stack starts him. questioning her about her ability to leap through time. She's like, I don't know. Let's just keep walking. And he just accepts this because he's a stupid <laughs> idiot. accepts this. <laughs> he's like, all right, time. I don't really believe you. It's fine. 
Um, so there's a brief shot of the two, uh, two men in black talking about getting the girl, but nine's there, so they can't really do anything about it right now. These guys have the best accent, by the way. I don't even know how to describe it. It's they very... They have, like, three lines. Oh, God. It's, it's like, semi-Brooklyn, but not actually. You have to listen really carefully to them, or you can't understand a word they're saying. They're also whispering all, all their lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then nine are Alice now in a, in a flower field. Alice is like, do you believe me that I can jump through time? And... He's like, eh. Whatever. And she's like, I'll prove it to you. Um, so then at sunset, they reach an abandoned building. They go inside. She opens a drawer and grabs out a box. Uh, inside the box are some pictures of Joe's church and, and Joe as a kid. And he's like, what? And we get this shot where you zoom into his eye. Um, and he suddenly remembers it was this small girl who was... Uh, Taking using, these photos yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. And like... Damn, that Polaroid has some resolution if yeah. he saw a reflection in his eye of her. I think it's more it like is. he's remembering her technique. Could be, yes. I, I think that's what it's supposed to be. But uh, he then's like, who are you? And how did you do that? And I'm like, time jumping, Joe. Keep keep up. <laughs> that explains it, actually. He, keep, keep he up, just Joe. not put two and two together at all. He's... <laughs> Don't worry about Wait, but it. But if you're a time traveler, how do you have something from the past? I don't understand. It's like, that's the, Joe, that's Joe. The, the whole thing I do. What? Honestly, it's what I time have things jumping from is. the past, too. It's called the flow of time in a single direction. If I had stuff from yeah, the future, that would be I'm, a bit different, but. Yeah, that would be more shocking to me, Joe Shimmer, if it was in fact. Right, he sees his pictures of him and he's like, what? It's so weird. But anyway. She's like, I made you a promise and I'm going to keep it. Even though you don't remember, I've got to keep this promise I made to you. So the promise you mentioned earlier was to nine. Like the one where he's like, I to take her so. across the mountain, yep. I guess. Um, so <laughs> they go through this forest. It's now nighttime. Um, she starts to hear like her thoughts about how she can't jump without some sort of connection so she can only do it tonight on the star festival and, and also like he's the connection yeah it, it's I, I joe's wish attention. yeah I, I wasn't paying attention yeah it, it's it's so hard to summarize this episode because like there's a lot of talking but like none of it matters yeah like they then reach this like clearing where there's some like little houses nearby and yeah, so you get a shot of the night sky yeah, the only thing about this is like, okay, so they're on this hill that's overlooking this town, and it looks like a modern town, and this is a, a clear suburb episode. kind yeah. of thing. And uh, Allison pitches his E, they her knee, uh, and they wait a little bit, and he's like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Wait." And then suddenly the meteor shower that was mentioned at the start of the episode happens, and Alice tells Nine, "Make a wish. Who do you want to see most in the entire world?" Um, and like, I'm gonna time warp you. I can do that, by the way. Just you this time, not me. I'm not gonna time warp me. I'm gonna time warp you. So we get another, like, zoom shot into his eye, and then out, and he's on the hill, and he's alone now, and he goes, sees the village, and it's now older. It's, and... it's basically a bunch of rice patties yeah, now. It's like a yeah, it's like Much, much smaller. And so he, like, runs down, and then he sees some kids walking with branches and uh, lanterns and decides to follow them. Uh, they're laying these branches in the river, asking for their wishes to come true. Dine is standing there watching like a total creeper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, um, there's a young girl. I think most of them are boys. There's one young girl. 
Um, her branch gets stuck in the reeds instead of flowing down the river. And so Nine wades the fuck in. With those shoes yeah. on again. I mean, they're already fucked up, so... <laughs> True, yes, really. They're already ruined. Yeah, Might yeah. as well. Uh, he reads a note. So this <laughs> <It's> note... Not- <laughs> this note isn't translated, but I, I, did, I did some research. It was very difficult. I found a subbed episode that says the note says... Um, I wish to see my mother. And this was, I then found a forum post that talked about, like, basically, yeah, the note says yeah, so the girl wants sub, to see her mom. In the movie version that Ty and I had, there's no subtitle for this note there's in not, Japanese. There's no, no subtitles in the thing mean, that we're watching, context, so there's no context to any of what's happening now. Yeah, via context, I can understand what the note was. He wanted to see his mother, so the mother traveled back in time. But sure, I get it. But to me, like, it was just, it's honestly the same as, like, drink your Ovaltine. Like, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and no you context. know how Joe kind of explains exactly what's in front of him every time he sees something? Yeah. He's sort of just dumbstruck here and it's just like, oh, uh-huh. and does not explain any of it. Yeah, like more shit stars happens and he's like, I understand now. I wish I could see her again, my mom. So yeah, like the young girl was, was his mom. And I'm sure you understood that, but... um. We should mention that we watch the episode previews. We're the only ones in the group who do because we're masochists. The episode (laughs) preview for this episode, Joe narrated that he got to meet his mother. So we knew what was going on. Oh my God. They just gave up. Yeah, they just give up the ending of the episode. The whole episode. It talks about me and a little girl. I don't think it mentions time travel, but it does mention I got to see my- I got to meet my mom. I got to meet my mother again. And it's like, yeah, well- (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. So the Joe from the preview knew that he met his mother, but like right. yeah. watching this episode, episode thirty-seven, I don't think that Joe knew who is, that girl it was. It is unclear whether or not Joe realizes that he met his mother. Yeah, it yes. is very unclear. Yes. I, I personally was like, I thought the whole thing was he did, but he did not understand that he re- <laughs> like he he doesn't realize it. Like he met his mother, and he was just like, oh, weird little kid. Oh well. <laughs> Well, here's the most important part, Ty. It doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Guess, guess what, motherfuckers? Nine wakes up on the train, thinks it was all a dream. Oh, my God. But wait. But wait. We caught, and the young girl is also on the train watching him leave, and beside her are the men in black saying it was all a waste because they erased his memories and his time travel, so he can't change the past. And Alice is like, haha, so the memory's still accept, there. We're supposed to accept that not only did he travel back in time to meet his younger mother, but the younger mother knew from back in time that she was going to travel forward in time, meet him, and then like have these G-men erase his memory. I, I don't know if the little from? girl was his mom. I don't think the little girl was his mom. No, I, I think, think the she's little girl just a creepy time traveling girl. Friend. I thought that that was yeah. his mother from the past coming to the future to show him <laughs> no. back into the past. I think that was just a little girl that grew up with him at the orphanage who happened yes. to be a time traveler. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there just was an extraneous time traveler in here. I know. I know it sounds wild. I think there's just one here. I think this episode. <laughs> Bad and badly written. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think the men in black basically imply that she is some sort of weird being that they keep an eye on. She, she can yeah. basically quantum leap. Like, she literally is the show Quantum Leap, except she keeps her own body. So which one is Q and which one is Picard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that's men in black. They, they got out their... their yep. uh, oh, God, I don't remember what they call them in men in black. The mind erasers. Yeah. Damn it. 
and then erase his memories. But he so he thinks it's all a dream, and he gets off the train. But the memories there are locked in his heart, and I'm like, great, good, excellent. That episode didn't matter. <laughs> didn't happen. So. Uh, for the record, not only did all four of these episodes not matter, the last one literally made sure to highlight look, this doesn't look, matter. The last, <laughs> one, the last one is Sonic 06, okay? It's <laughs> yeah, it literally writes itself out of existence. It's yes. amazing. Hey, hey, uh, Cyborg, Cyborg 009, can, can we go back to Black Ghost? Can we have him show up again? Like, Can we go back to the plot? No. I feel like we've missed Black Ghost for like 20 episodes yes. at this point. He died in like episode 17 or something. show up with some weird robots to do some goofy shit like i'm well, done with these other episodes <laughs> i think we're gonna have to reconvene in a week and you might be a little happier okay good i mean Thank i you. don't know oh, yeah. i don't know about that it fair might, it might be a bit of a tease the next one honestly we'll see well hopefully next time black ghost and space anime until next time folks space anime